Jude chapter 1, saints of God, are <clears throat> verses, rather really just one verse that we will consider this morning. Jude chapter 1, verse 24 through 25. Saints of God, this is the word of the Lord. Please give it your full attention. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Saints, you may be seated. Church, today we find ourselves in a familiar position. Uh, 2023 has passed, and 2024 is now upon us. We've already went a whole week in the new year, uh, but today marks the first Sunday of the new year. It's common tradition for people to make a list of resolutions going into the new year. You might have made a few yourself. Some wish to expand their businesses, some desire to lose weight, while others desire to just be a good person. We like making resolutions, do we not, though? We, we like setting goals, and we like to strive the whole year in attempts to meeting that goal. But church, I'm here to tell you today, in the first Sunday of the new year, that there are some things in this life. There are some goals that you can try to attain. But ultimately in the end, you will fail. That there are some goals you can try to obtain. And some resolutions you would try to you know, grasp and conquer. But, but ultimately in and of yourself. You will fail in trying to obtain your goal. That church is how Jude presents the human condition in our text this morning. These closing statements of Jude are normally used as an encouragement from the pastor to the congregant. It's called a benediction. You heard it last Sunday morning. It's a good word, but not merely like, hey, you look good today, that type of good word. Not merely like, hey, you're losing weight, not that type of good word, but it's really God gracing the people. It's God giving the people through the instrument of a human being, grace, peace, a good word. But before Jude gives us a good word, and we will look at that good word, there's a universal truth in this text that teaches us something about ourselves. There's something that Jude wants us to know about us before he teaches us something about God. You see it implied in our text, do you not? To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Thanks of God, you've heard me tell this story before, but the greatest boxer of all time. That many think Muhammad Ali was on an airplane. He 
the, the, the stewardess said, champ, you, you got to put on your seatbelt. It's, it's going to be a bumpy ride and, you know, we need you to sit down. And, and Muhammad Ali says, don't you know that Superman doesn't need no seatbelt? And then the stewardess laughed, of course, and she then replied, well, Superman don't need a plane either. So sit down and put your seatbelt on. That story, saints of God, is not meant to merely make you laugh, but it's meant to teach you something that's fundamental about us, that you can think you're the greatest, but even the greatest is still a man. That you can think you are the world champ in which you might be, but you're still a finite human being. We are weak human beings. And saints of God, not only that, but we live in a world that's slippery. We live in a world where there are banana peels everywhere we turn. Where there are danger signs everywhere we go. That if we don't slow down, that we can get into a car wreck. Saints of God, but to add to this, to add to us being weak, to add to this world being a slippery place, you got an enemy. You got an enemy, saints of God, who the Bible says prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You got someone, saints of God, that wants to kill you. You got someone that wants to steal your faith. You think I'm not telling the truth, saints of God? You, you think that people who used to believe now are now unbelievers don't exist? Maybe you haven't heard the story of this one preacher who has now gone on. And I don't know if he's with the Lord. Hopefully he is. But but he had a church the size of 10 churches of, of 10 Reformation Bible churches. And what happened was he 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 turned on the TV and, and he saw the ethnic genocide that was going on. And he stopped believing that hell exists. And the church, the size of five valley Bibles, collapsed. Because the preacher no longer believed in the God of the Bible. The enemy is real. The enemy is real. Satan is on the prowl. But saints of God, don't let that story of that minister scare you. And don't let what the word of God says about Satan prowling around trying to devour you scare you. Because as Satan prowls around down here, you got Jesus Christ who's praying for you up there. And as he prays for us, saints of God, or rather he prays for us because he knows us. He knows how weak we are. The Lord knows that we are prone to wander. But how do we end up this way? How do we end up this way, you might ask? My son Malachi likes to watch these things uh, on YouTube called Simple Songs. If you're a parent, you know what that is quite well. And there's one that comes on that I have no idea why we still sing it. Why children still learn it. You might remember. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. 
This is the saddest nursery rhyme of all time. Is it not? I mean, I remember as a child hearing it and asking, okay, so are we just going to turn the page now? Like, what, what happens now to Humpty? Is he just going to sit there with his egg cracked? The saints of God, even as a child, I was learning something about myself. I was learning something about my own depravity. Because this little nursery rhyme is actually a picture of how Adam left us in the garden. Like Humpty, Adam sat on the wall, but also like Humpty, Adam had a great fall. And like Adam left us, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Saints of God, that is your experience in Adam, is it not? Is it not? Saints of God, money couldn't put us back together. Government couldn't put us back together. Social status couldn't put us back together. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll couldn't put us back together. No, saints of God, but only God could put us back together. But church, here Jude takes that glorious truth a step further. Because for not only does God put us back together, but Jude tells us that God keeps us together. You see it in our text, do you not? Now to him who is able to keep you. We know a lot of people who can do a lot of things. If I uh, wanted my cabinets done, Javier is able to do it. If I wanted the best Filipino food that one could taste, Pastor Antonio is able to do it. If I wanted anything fixed in my home, Brother Dustin is able to do it. But saints of God, as able as these men are, none of these men are able to do what God could do. What can God do then? No one, absolutely nobody is able to keep me. No one is able to keep me. But you might ask, keep me from what? Keep me from what though? Verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Keep you from stumbling. Saints of God, you can tell me that there's a banana peel in front of me, and I can still not listen to you and fall. But 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 here Jude says that there is there is someone who can do something that others can't do. Now this word stumbling or falling doesn't mean that that, that God will keep us from never sinning. Don't 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 think that, please. That Jude is saying that God will keep you from never sinning again. We already know that that's not true because we experience it every single day. I mean, it is only 1055 and many of us already sinned. But rather, stumbling or falling is meant that true believers, please hear me now, true believers will never fall away from the faith to be lost forever. That's what this word stumbling or falling means. Again, amen that true believers ultimately will never fall away from the faith and be lost forever. In other words, church, Jude one twenty four does not teach us that the Christian will live a life of sinlessness, but rather Jude one twenty four teaches us that the Christian will never have to worry about living a life of godlessness. That God will always be on your side. God always will be 
on your team. Meaning, church, you can fall into sin and you may fall into sin. But you never have to worry about ultimately falling away from God. You may fall into sin. But you never have to worry about falling away from God. In other words, saints of God, you can lose everything you own before God loses you. You can lose your car, house, even your own child before God loses you, his child. And this, saints of God, is a truth that ought to amaze us. It ought to amaze us. Because some of us have sinned so much. You ask yourself, how in the world did that sin not kill me? Some of us have sinned so grievously that we ask ourselves, how in the world did that sin not destroy me even when I wasn't saved? And the reason why church is because God this whole time has been keeping you. This whole time, congregation, even prior to salvation, God's been keeping you. Saints of God, let me make a pointer for you. From the day you were born. No, we can even go further than that. Since the day God set his love upon you, he also set a leash on you. That it doesn't matter what sin you committed, you can never go too far from him. God will never let you out-sin his grace. He will never let you out-sin his outstretched arm. But God always kept tabs on you. He always, saints of God, that is how and why you are sitting here today. Because God this whole time has been protecting you. He's been keeping you. Saints of God, he set a leash on us. He said that my child will not go too far from me. Which means, saints of God, that the ones who are chosen from God, the ones whom God has foreloved and foreknown, that they cannot sin their way into hell. Nor will they want to. Nor will they ever want to. You see, church, Jude 124 is not giving us a license to sin. But rather, Jude 124 is actually giving us a reason to praise. He's giving us a reason to cherish our salvation. A reason to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. For Jude teaches us, congregation, this fundamental truth. Don't ever lose this. That God will not save you only to lose you. God does not save someone. He does not love someone. He does not choose someone only to lose that someone. But he always keeps that someone. And I don't know about you, church, but I need to hear the words of Jude 124 through 25 daily. I mean, this this needs to be tattooed on the soul of my heart. I need to be reminded daily, saints of God, that although I may rebel at times, I will never be a reprobate. Although I may rebel at times, I will never be a reprobate. In church, this is not because of my knowledge. This is not because of the virtues I exhibit, because I'm just a good person, but only because God is able to keep me from stumbling. Saints of God, you might have been a Christian for over 20 years. Many of you have. You might be a Christian for one year. Many of you are. Saints of God, but the difference between the 20-year Christian and the one-year Christian with respect to them being in the faith is not in virtue of themselves. Because you've been a Christian all your life is not on your own doing. But it's because God has been keeping you a Christian your whole life. 
This text is meant to teach us, saints of God, something so important about who we think God is. That God not only has power, but he has preserving power. He has preserving power. In the day that we are living in, people are constantly trying to preserve themselves. Men and women get Botox, facelifts, in order to preserve the youthfulness of their face. Some eat healthy and go on various diets to preserve the integrity of their body. Men use just for men coloring and spray and Beijing in their hair to mask all of the gray that they don't want people to see. But church, while Botox may keep your youthful look, it cannot keep your soul well. And while healthy eating may keep your insides in check, it can preserve your soul. No, 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 saints of God, the good news for the Christian is that God doesn't need to inject us with needles to preserve us. He doesn't need to give us a dietary law of kale and salmon and of chicken in order to keep us, saints of God. But no, no, Jude 24 teaches us That God only needs nothing other but himself. God. Now to him. Period. I wish you put a period there. Period. Not him plus this. Him plus that. But only God and God alone preserves our soul. And church, as we sit here in 2024. As we sit here in the first Sunday of the new year. Saints of God. We can look back at 2023 and say amen to God's preserving power. Can't you not? Think of all the mess you've been through and went through in 2023. If someone would have told you in January of 2023, matter of fact, if someone would have told you in December of 2022, all the things that you will go through in 2023, you might have fainted. You might have at that point had a crisis on your hand. But saints of God, when you think of all the mess that you went through, when you think of all the doctor visits that turned into overnight stays, when you think about all the car accidents that should have killed you, when you think about the times when you only had $2 in your wallet, but God still kept chicken on the table, when you think about those deaths in the family that almost made you lose your mind, Saints of God, we can look back and say, in light of all of that, God preserved me. In light of all that, God kept me. But church, you can say amen to that, but can I give you something better to say amen to? Something better that God did for us in 2023? It's better than all that. Better than God keeping the lights on. Better than God keeping food on the table. Better than God keeping money in our pocket and a job for us to go to. Saints of God, that better thing is this. God kept you saved. God kept you saved. Don't ever, ever undermine that. That year after year after year, God is keeping me saved. He's keeping me saved. He may may have me lose my car. I may lose my house, but I will not lose my salvation. That is to say, in spite of all the mess 2023 brought our way. And surely there was a lot of mess. You still have faith. 
to wake up in the first Sunday of 2024, put your clothes on, and come to church. Saints of God, in spite of all of what happened to us in 2023, we now sit here in 2024, and we still believe that God's word is true. We still believe that God made all things by the word of his power. We still believe that Noah built the ark. We still believe that Moses split the Red Sea, that David slayed a giant, that a virgin gave birth to a son. And that son lived for me, died for me, rose for me, and surely is coming back for me. We still believe that. Saints of God, the great summary of 2023 is that in light of whatever came our way, we still believe. And the great encouragement, saints of God, that I want you to hear this morning in 2024, in the first Sunday, is that God, no matter what happens, will keep you believing. God will keep you believing in 2024. There are some things that are going to come your way, good or bad. But God is going to keep you, saints of God. God is going to keep you. But notice, church, as we come to the end, that there's an end goal in mind. That God ain't preserving you just to preserve you. You know, that's what old ladies do, respectfully. <laughs> they put their china up. And they put certain things up. Young ladies do it as well. <clears throat> I do it. I have shoes that I just, they're just there. And I'll never wear them. They're going to be there until they're there no more. We like to preserve things, but saints of God, if Pastor Antonio taught us anything in Revelation, in his masterful sermons, is that history is moving somewhere. If there's anything that Pastor Antonio taught us in Revelation, and, and the great summary you can say is, not only Christ will receive victory, but also there's something that's going to happen. We can say that for unbelievers. A great day of judgment is going to happen. But we can say for the believer, a great day of vision is going to happen. But you ask yourself, saints of God, you ask yourself, it says history is moving somewhere. Since history is moving somewhere, where is it going? Jude tells us, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless. To present you blameless before the presence of his glory. Present you. You. Again, it's only 11.06 a.m. And y'all have already sinned. You, saints of God. Present dirty old you. Present who the Bible talks about in the most ugliest and vilest of ways. You. You, he says, will be presented blameless. In life, we meet certain people or read certain stories about them. <clears throat> and we can say to ourselves, ah, I see why he is so successful. Because of his background. I see it. The greatest basketball player of all time. No debate. Kobe Bryant. Absolutely no debating. Kobe being Black Mamba Bryant. It's said that he trained for six hours a day. 
and his seas and the success that he had. You can just see like why he was as successful as he was. Some of our presidents come from prestigious colleges and wealthy backgrounds. And we can see how and why they became president. But saints of God, here is where I shake my head in awe. Here is where I shake my head and say, oh, this can't be true. Because if you look at my past, if you look at my history, if you look at who I used to be, if you look at who I used to be in and of myself, I am not blameless. I am not blameless. If you look at my past history, saints of God, there is no reason why God should give me the grace that he does. I didn't merit it. There is no reason why God should gift me the gift of faith that he did. I didn't earn it. Saints of God, Jesus who died for me, it was my sin who nailed him on the cross. But here Jude says that the great news for the Christian is that one day God will reverse and make right all of my wrong. That he will look at those who committed the crime. Who committed the crime and say, I find no fault. That, that he, will, he will see those who are guilty as blameless. But you may say, how preacher? How? How can I be in the presence of God, blameless. <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense. Given my past history of sin, how can I be blameless before the presence of the Lord? It is said that there are three rules in real estate. Do you know them? Uh, location. 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 The three rules. <clears throat> location, location, and location. That is to say, you can take a house in Bakersfield. And put that same house in Los Angeles. And the house in Los Angeles is going to cost more than the house in Bakersfield. Because of the location of the house and where it's at. But saints of God, do you know that what they were teaching in these realtor schools is something that we learn in the Bible? That this is a picture of you and I in our union with Jesus Christ. Saints of God, meaning that when God saved you, he changed your location. He changed your location from the dominion of darkness. And he transferred you over into the kingdom of his beloved son. So the reason why, saints of God, you stand blameless is because you stand, or rather you now live in close proximity to the only blameless one who's ever lived. No, I can say it better than that. You don't just live in close proximity. You're not just your ne his next door neighbor. The Bible says that you are in him and he is in you. You are in union with the only blameless one who's ever lived. We stand blameless because we stand in the one who at his baptism, the heavens opened and the father declared on his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Saints of God, we stand blameless on the one who John the baptizer said, I am not even worthy of unstrapping his sandals. Saints of God, we stand blameless. Who Pilate, before the crowd, said, in this man, I find no fault. But saints of God, here's the great news of Jude. Is that Pilate's words of Christ 
will be God's words to us. That was Pilate was saying to Christ in front of the crowds. God will say of us before the crowds that in this man, I find no fault. This woman, I find no fault. However, saying this is not the greatest news of the text. This is not the place where we give our loudest amens. And this is not the place where I cry tears of joy. Saints of God, it is not that we will be presented blameless that makes me say amen. But it's who I will be presented to that makes my heart sing. It's not just I will be blameless, but it's who I stand in front of blameless that makes me sing. You see in our text, church, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory. The presence of his glory. Now, this is ironic, is it not? For the standing before the presence of the Lord is what made Moses too afraid to look upon. It's ironic because this standing before the Lord is what made Job repent in dust and ashes. It's ironic because it's this standing before the presence of the Lord that made Isaiah confess his own sinfulness. It made Peter fall down and cry out, depart from me for I am sinful, O Lord. What is the common denominator of all these men, saints of God? Is that when they stood before the Lord, they felt utterly unworthy. Unworthy that there was a sense of their own depravity, of their sinfulness. It was as if, saints of God, all of their past history flashed before their eyes. And they saw who they are and who God is. But saints of God, the great news of Jude chapter 1 verse 24 through 25 is that when we stand before the Lord, although we may feel like a sinner and although we may feel unworthy, here's the great news. God does not feel that way about you. Amen. That is the great news that you will not feel or rather <clears throat> God will not think of you the way Isaiah thought of himself, the way Peter thought of himself, the way Job thought of himself. The way Isaiah thought of himself and the way you now as theologically advanced and what you know about the depravity of man. He will not think of that of you. He will not think of that of you. Oh, should this not make your heart sing? Should this not make your heart sing, saints of God? That one day that sin that causes me to keep sinning is no longer be an issue. It's no longer going to be an issue, saints of God. This is why I love the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why, saints of God, I continue to say the gospel is the greatest news that's ever, ever been the news, whatever we can say, because my eternal destiny is not determined by what others say about me. And my eternal destiny, saints of God, is not determined by what I think of myself. My eternal destiny is founded on nothing else but Jesus Christ and him alone. And saints of God, my Bible says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. My Jesus says that all who the Father gives to me will come to me. And those who will come to me, I will never cast out. Amen. But did you notice, church? But did you notice as we come to an end? Did you notice the manner 
in which God will present us. Did you know the saints of God? The text says to present you before his presence of his glory with great joy. With great joy. Oh, I want to say something really bad right now, but I can't. <clears throat> this is going to get me too much in trouble about the reformed and how we view joy and charisma and things like that. But <clears throat> talk to me after. It says the text says God will present you with great joy. Meaning that, 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 that as quiet as you want your church to be, heaven is actually pretty loud. It means that there's going to be something going on in heaven that we don't really experience here on earth. Meaning that there's going to be some joy in heaven, saints of God. That, that there's some people that are going to be singing in heaven. And, and not singing like just us, right? No, I'm talking about some singing in heaven. The Bible says that angels, that angels rejoice. When a sinner becomes a saint, saints of God, that is to say in heaven, there's going to be two that have joy. There's going to be two that have joy. God, God, saints of God is going to be joyful because I'm home and I'm going to be joyful because I made it. Amen. Saints of God, as I close my sermon, the message of Jude 124 through 25 is simple. That the God who is able to keep you from stumbling down here is able to present you and make you stand before his presence up there. That is the message of Jude, saints of God. And whatever happens in 2024, remember what Jude says. Scratch that. Remember what God says to you. That whatever sickness happens, or whatever promotion you receive, all good things, all bad things, remember that there is one thing that will remain constant, which is your faith, Amen. which is your faith, Amen. which is your soul being well. Yes. Saints of God, take that with you, carry it with you all throughout 2024. And there's no better way to end my sermon than verse 25 of our text. To the glory, or rather to the only God, yes. our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Father, <clears throat> we thank you and we love you. We thank you, Lord, for first giving to us life, breath, and all things. And then also, Lord, we thank you, more importantly, for giving to us your Son. And your Son has done such marvelous things for us, and we don't know what to say other than thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving to us your Holy Spirit. And we ask now, Lord, that your spirit will implant, tattoo, brand the words of Jude 124 through 25, not only merely just for, for 2024, but for the rest of our existence. This, should, this is not, saints of God, or rather, Lord, this is not us or rather, Jude was not written for us to, to sin, but rather it was written for us to praise. To praise the Lord. And not many things, Lord, and not the many things we can give you reason, or rather you give us reason to praise you. It's simply that you keep in us. 
Oh, you were keeping us, Lord. All of us have a story. All of us have a story, Lord, of how we should have went left, but you made us go right. All of us have a story of, of I was invited to that party, but, but for some reason I didn't go. All of us have a story of, of I, all my friends were in that car, but I decided to stay home that day. All of us have a story, Lord. All of us have a story. We thank you, Lord, that our story is really this. That God has been preserving and keeping me. He's been keeping me, preserving me for a time like this for me to look back and to praise him. To thank him. Oh, Lord, help us thank you. Help us thank you, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, bring to remembrance all of what was said this morning. And Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit will preach a better sermon to the souls of the people of Reformation Bible Church than I was able to preach this morning. Help them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.